Welcome to Reasonably Fit, the podcast where we'll teach you everything you need to know about health and fitness, but in a much more reasonable way than you might be used to. Think about us as your friendly fitness experts, but we're chill about it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Reasonably Fit. We are... Coming back from a weekend of festivities, yeah, we celebrated Kinsley, our daughter's first birthday. Two weeks early. Two weeks early uh, to accommodate some family, but we had a absolute blast. Yeah, so we did a traditional Korean dole. Well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say full on traditional because it had a lot of American food. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, we rented um, a whole, it's called a dole song. Am I saying that correctly? Yep, yep. Um, table, like sort of like this ornate table with a lot of uh, traditional designs and we rented it from Etsy. So they actually send you all of the pieces and the tablecloths and the backdrop um, in one package and then you actually return it after the party's over, which makes so much sense. It's an amazing concept. I didn't, I was like, what am I going to do with all these things if <laughs> I have to buy them? Thing, yeah. yeah. So it was awesome. Yeah. And so it had all the the traditional like Korean elements behind it. Um, my mom, my parents brought um, a traditional Korean outfit called a hanbok uh, for Kinsley to wear. So, um, I mean, she looked so adorable so in it. Cute. She took to it much. It's kind of like there's kind of like a lot of fabric mm. and it's a little bit like almost like itchy and scratchy, <laughs> but it looks really nice. And Kendrick, when he had his, he was not about it. But she was upset. like, she was like, OK, this is what I'm wearing today, I guess. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so she did awesome. I will say that. So for Kendrick's Dole, we went to New York and we drove there and basically an hour later he was in his getup and uh, we celebrated basically. And it was like during when he should have been napping. Yeah. Like your parents didn't know his nap schedule because we did it at your parents' restaurant. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we had like we had no control over the situation. So we went and it was like he was all thrown off. He's like, I'm supposed to be napping. I should have (laughs) eaten. I should have. I should not be wearing this. So he wasn't too <laughs> thrilled about that. But this time we had it at our home base, our house. And uh, we uh, we just really were able to enjoy the moment. Yeah. yeah so it was yeah. awesome. And she did too because she had a nap at the right time and she ate at the right time. Like it was just like better for everyone. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was, was a cool experience to do it at my parents because it was at, at their Korean restaurant. So yeah. it was super traditional. And they also had a Korean like MC. So they put in a lot of work. So I don't want to discredit that. But no. it was definitely... Um, just catering around a one-year-old schedule is of utmost importance right, right. <laughs> for yeah. an event like that. No, his Kendrick's event itself was incredible. And the food, of course, was amazing because yeah. it was your parents' restaurant food. But um, yeah, this was just a less stressful situation on our part. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now one part of the dole is where you lay out a bunch of different items in front of the baby. And the baby crawls and selects one of the items. And the items all have like different degrees of importance and like they kind of have different qualities so like uh this like piece of silk represents long life a like i think it was called a fortune bag represents good fortune and a gavel means that they're going to enter into the judicial system and a stethoscope means that they'll be a doctor you know all traditional korean stereotypes of what's a good job and what isn't (laughs) um money uh represent wealth uh so just all sorts of different like attributes and all that and so Kinsley got a microphone yeah, first, she picked right? The microphone. Which is the entertainer, entertainer um, uh, selection, and then she also got or podcaster or podcaster. Yep. <laughs> what was the second one? Um, she went 
Microphone, then book. Oh, then book. Which so is a scholar. A scholar yep. And then gavel. And then a lawyer, yeah. Yeah. Or a judge, whatever. Um, so it was super cool. It was really yeah. cute. One thing that we forgot to do mm. is the Red Sox Yankees hats. So that's yeah. what we did with Kendrick. So we did like the traditional dole. So Kendrick picked the ball for athlete. So Kinsley had no Twice, interest. Yeah. He picked it. I don't know why there ended up being two in there because you're supposed to take it away. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he picked mm. the ball twice and then the gavel. So both of them have some... I don't know. Some I'm judging law. Them. <laughs> yeah, both of them are judgy. Um, <laughs> I'll make my own rules about what these yeah. all mean. Um, but we, after we did the traditional one for him, we did we put a, out a Red Sox hat and a Yankees hat because Jason's a Yankees fan. I'm a Red Sox fan, um, and had him crawl to the hat that he was going to root for. For those team. of you who don't know or don't follow sports, Red Sox versus Yankees is a massive rivalry that spans a test of time. I feel like even if you don't follow sports, you know. That's like the ultimate rivalry. It is the ultimate. But I mean, some people are like, oh, sports. Yay, guess, go sports. I guess. I guess. Okay. For, for, <laughs> but anyway, just for further context. So we, we, Lauren and I have a personal rivalry about this and we want to make sure that our kids are raised the right way, the Yankee way. Oh, <laughs> Um, but we didn't do that uh, because we lost the Red Sox. We hat. couldn't find because I bet you threw it away. I probably I probably tossed you burned it. Burned it and I burned it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Geez. Now it's fertilizer in our soil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so maybe we'll do that on her actual first birthday. We'll yeah. get a new baby Red. The Sox official hat. event. Yeah. Um, but, Kendrick did choose Yankees, which is very upsetting. That was awesome. And actually, I got really upset, and then he looked at me and cried. And we have a video of it. And then I felt awful because I'm like, like, that was the wrong selection. He let me down. I was like, oh my god, this is. This is all going downhill. <laughs> but anyway, we'll uh, we'll traumatize Kinsley with her own version of that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so that is our general life update. <laughs> and now we can actually get into the episode today. So today we're talking about our top fitness industry pet peeves. This actually was a question that we got asked in one of our Instagram Q&As. And it kind of sparked a lot of good conversation between us as we were discussing it. And Mm -hmm. we thought we would bring it to the podcast, bring a little extra context. So our answer to that question is going to be in here. But then we added on two more pet peeves of ours that we wanted to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) So we're calling these quote unquote pet peeves. But we're so busy that we rarely actually get like worked up over these sorts of Mm. things. So it's more of Things that we find a little bit annoying that we don't really spend (laughs) too much time, you know, ruminating about because we have kids, we've got a job and just like things going on in our lives that demand a lot more attention. Um, But we did think it was like kind of a funny question and we wanted to spend a little more time thinking, okay, what do we actually find as a quote unquote pet peeve? So having said that, today we have three pet peeves that we want to share with you. And Lauren, do you want to kick it off with peeve number one? Peeve, <laughs> peeve number one. Peeve number one. <laughs> I get, oh, that, is that why people say they're peeved? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Never related those two things, even though I mean, it, and then, it makes sense. You know, you're peeved about something and then you just hang on to it in your mind for so long. That becomes, you becomes, your becomes your pet. <laughs> becomes your pet peeve. I actually never really thought about what pet peeve really means. And now I want to look up the origin of pet peeve, see if you're, if you're right on. Um, okay, let's start with the one with what we actually... <laughs> we'll start with what we actually answered that Instagram Q&A um, with. Because for me personally, this is definitely the one that is my biggest pet peeve. And probably something that I do sometimes ruminate on because it really does bother me. So peeve number one is going to be when 
trainers or influencers use their own physiques as the main reason to either buy their program or train with them or listen to them in any way, follow their advice, basically. Yeah, fitness is a unique field where you can showcase your body as a means of building up credibility mm. more so than you can use qualifications and education and background and certifications like you can list out like we could list out the amount of letters that we can put after our name in terms of, of certifications and people just roll their eyes and be Literally, like cool story bro no one would care we even tell people who like in our instagram course we're like don't even bother listing out don't even put cpt because honestly people don't care yeah, like they don't, don't care. that doesn't mean it's not to say just show your body off. We'll go into that. But, <laughs> but like the, yeah, the education that you spend all this time gaining, like on social media, nobody cares. It's really annoying. Yeah. And I think a lot of experienced personal trainers will uh, resonate with this because, you know, people who have been in this field for a while and are serious about this profession have spent years acquiring education, have spent years working with people in the trenches putting in the time in this field that isn't that fancy, right? <laughs> you have to wake up early in the mornings. You have to train until late at night. You are scarfing down protein shakes and whatever random meal you can have in between clients and sessions. You barely get a break. And you're going through this day in and day out and really acquiring all this knowledge just because you're so passionate about this field. <laughs> and then you get someone who just happens to look a certain way put out a transformation post on Reels, it does well, they gain a social media following, and they're like, I'm a personal trainer now, <laughs> buy my program. And this is what happens. And it it is obviously a pet peeve of mine specifically <laughs> because you're foregoing so many steps in the process. And it's not just the fact that, you know, I'm a grumpy old personal trainer saying this, it's that a lot of harm can be done by showing off this N equals one, this worked for me, so it'll work for you. Here's this very rigid, not flexible workout plan that I spend very little time on. Let me just try to sell and monetize my newfound following. It is a recipe for disaster because there's no context in it. You have no context in what other people's lives are like because you've never actually coached anyone through their life circumstances. You don't know what it's like working with a teenager versus someone who is older versus someone who is a new parent versus someone who is starting a new job. You don't know any of those variables. So for you as a 22-year-old person going to the gym you know, every single day because that is your whole life and then put that out on Instagram and say, buy my program to look like me, you have no other context. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I feel, like I, to, I feel like I need to throw some water on you. Those you're on fire. I think that is a major pet peeve of ours because it is very, yeah, just. It's just not going to well, work. Well, because it's not just annoying. Like, it, it is annoying, and obviously you're annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just annoying. It's actually affecting people in a real, tangible way. Mm. Like, it's actually negatively impacting the people who are buying this program and then, you know, not able to do half the exercises. Then they become, then they feel like failures. Then they go into negative thought spirals. Then they might tr try a crash diet or, you know, like, it can really perpetuate and, and, the other thing is that it really does perpetuate the idea that 
you have to look a certain way to be considered fit in the mm. first place. And we have a whole episode on how fitness doesn't have a look and that that is not the like end all be all to being fitness, to being fitness, <laughs> to being fit is looking like a certain type of person. And this is like a cousin to the whole what I eat in a day post, yes, right? Yeah. Where they're sharing like a body shot and then saying like, eat like this in order to look like me. It's a very similar situation. And we have another podcast about this topic as well. And it is perpetuating this idea that if you just follow this plan, then it'll look you can look exactly like me. And that's ignoring, I mean... A million variables. A million variables. Genetics, mainly genetics. I mean, that's one, that's one of the things that bothers me the most is that most of the time, people who are using their own physiques to promote their programs or to sell their whatever they're selling, they just look like that already. Like they might, yes diet and exercise plays into how your body appears. But for the most part, they already had a lot of things about their just body type and their genetics going for them that already made them look the way they look. And now maybe they work out a little bit more or maybe they eat a little more protein and they got a little bigger, but like they're generally already looking this certain way and then promoting it as a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. They're genetically predisposed predisposed to have you know certain qualities about them that they can then pitch and market to like you know someone might be predisposed to have you know more defined abs or bigger quads or bigger arms or whatever it might be and then they are mainly focusing on that body part for all their marketing and all that and it's just it's very deceptive i will say i felt majorly trapped in fell trap (laughs) fell trapped i don't i fell into this trap as a younger person just interested in fitness before I was even in the industry. And a lot of my early motivation to be interested in fitness was about appearance. I mean, I've talked about having a history with disordered eating, like that all comes from wanting to look a certain way. And I've, I feel like sometimes I forget that I used to have that mindset because that I I tried to remove myself so far from that. And I don't even want to bring it up sometimes because I'm worried that somebody is going to think that they should also be worried about what they look like. So I like pretend like that wasn't a part of my past sometimes, but it was. And so I remember specifically I would follow and, you know, try to learn from people who looked the way that I was hoping that I could get my body to look. And specifically, I would follow people who had women who had abs. That was the thing. That was the area of my body I was the most self-conscious about. And so there was this one influencer in particular who always was putting up pictures of her in a sports bra and she had ripped abs. And I was like, I just need to eat like her, work out like her, do everything that she does, sleep like her, everything that she does, and I'll be able to have abs too. And no matter what I did, I never had abs. And I was like so frustrated and it it felt like this was just this endless pursuit and that why was this so easy for her and I couldn't do it. And it was, I turned it around on myself as like, this is a Mm. failure on my part. And then later on, I remember her posting something about how she was self-conscious about her legs. And I was like, wait, what? Like you have your self-conscious about anything. I never even noticed your legs. I don't even think I've ever seen your legs in a picture. And then I'm starting to realize like, oh, she's specifically putting out the parts of her body that she wants other people to see because she's using her body to sell her programs. Mm -hmm. So of course she's not going to put up the parts of her body that she doesn't feel confident and comfortable with. And then it made me realize like, oh, she is genetically predisposed 
to be leaner in that area of her body. Mm. Her legs aren't as lean, so she's not putting up pictures of them or selling leg programs or booty programs. <laughs> People who have naturally lean legs are doing that. And so it's like, oh my God, everybody is just using the thing that they have that other people find desirable and then promoting a program or promoting a, a lifestyle and saying, this is all you have to do to look like me, when really they mostly had that going for them already. Mm. They mostly, their body was mostly showing up like that already. And then they're using their genetics or their genetic predisposition to then sell something that isn't going to work for the majority of people who don't have their genetics. Yeah, and so the end user is following this they're following people that have well-developed abs they're following well-developed uh, people that have well-developed glutes and quads and arms and now they've got this like formula for like okay if i buy each of these person's <laughs> programs i can create the quote-unquote perfect fitness look and it's just it's just a recipe for disaster right yeah. it's just uh, like you're going to follow what they eat, what they lift. You're going to buy all their affiliate promo code supplements and do all this stuff. And instead of just embracing what you look like and enhancing what you want to enhance and just going through your own personal journey, yeah. you're trying to go through someone else's. Yeah, and you're going to end up feeling like putting the blame back on yourself. Yeah, I think that's one of why this is so not just like annoying, but also harmful is that you're ending up feeling like a failure because it didn't work for you because you weren't disciplined enough or you didn't do enough instead of being like, oh, maybe this wasn't a well thought out program. Maybe yeah. this didn't take into consideration all of the things that I'm going through in my life. Maybe this, maybe the end goal of working out shouldn't be to look like someone else. Like there's so many layers to this. And one of the things that I said on the Instagram response to this is that not only is this annoying from the pers perspective of being an experienced trainer who's put in a ton of time and a ton of work and a ton of energy into becoming the best coach we can for so many people. And then these people just come on the scene, have no experience <laughs> and sell programs like, yes, that's annoying. But it also is continuing this really frustrating component of fitness in general, which is that fit people look a certain way, that you aren't fit unless you look like this influencer and that you need to change your body in order to be fit when the reality is you can get really strong and you can move really well and you can do all these things and maybe your body doesn't change in appearance at all, but you feel so much better. You're so much healthier. All of these things are so much more important than if you have visible abs or not. Yeah, and you're ultimately just preying on insecurities just in a slightly different manner that mm. seems a little bit less uh detrimental but ultimately as deceptive and you are monetizing it also yeah. so it is a you know and i think this is um it's an interesting issue because these content creators and influencers you know they have developed a larger social media following so i don't blame them for trying to monetize what they've been building because it takes a lot of work like you can poo poo influencers and content creators all you want but it takes a lot of work to create that content that resonates with a lot of people and so i think they are totally in the right to try to monetize but i think there's different ways to go about it i think if you understand that you have a voice in the fitness industry like i think first of all at a base level you should at least try to get 
a certification, yeah. a, a CPT, right? A cer- uh, a, it's really confusing because it's a certification, but it's called a certified personal yeah. trainer. So you're like a certification of certified person. It's just like saying certified over and over again. A certification to be a CPT and then work with at least a handful of people, your closest friends, your family, work with a different variety of ages and backgrounds and ability levels and just gain an understanding of someone other than yourself to then put out this program that hopefully has a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more like effort put into it because if you use yourself as the sort of like the 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 backbone of the program you're just going to put together a list of exercises and leave it at that but you know for someone who is less experienced or not as into fitness like doing something as simple as what you think as simple as an rdl might be really difficult for them to achieve a flat back position in their hinge pattern and you have to be able to accommodate for that when they do buy your program so there's all sorts of different considerations that people have to have but you can't put that into a piece of paper ebook yeah right and so that's where the issue comes into play so i just think that if you are going to put out stuff just do the bare minimum to enter into the field so that you have a greater understanding so you can just respect the craft of being a personal trainer and being a fitness professional yeah it's a more i mean it it is going to be a longer term play right like Mm -hmm. taking time when you are like i have to capitalize on this following that i have now and so you feel really panicked and you're like i have to put out information in the short term, that might feel like the right move because you're like, this is my opportunity to make some fast money and whatever. But that one program is going to be then your credibility. And a lot of people are going to feel like that was a really crappy program (laughs) (laughs) because you don't know what you're doing yet. And that's not your fault. It's just that you don't have the experience and you need to go get the experience. And then once you get the experience, then you can put together a really well-crafted program that a lot of people love, that people share, that people tell their friends about. And that is a long-term approach to being a successful trainer for your life, not a one-time money grab, basically. Yeah. I remember when we we had gotten to around 500,000 social media, Instagram followers. And at that point, we had been in the industry for, um, I think, like 11 years or so. And at that point, we were like, should we try to monetize this in any way? Or should we we just keep doing this? And it took two years beyond that point to even put together a online fitness program because we we just didn't want to put out anything that we weren't proud of that didn't take care of all the factors that I just talked about before. And it wasn't until we we really kind of dove into uh, our programming app, True Coach, and figured out a way to make it work for a large variety of people because we just didn't want to put together a cookie cutter program that we just charge some money for and take advantage of our following. We want to put together something that was actually meaningful and valuable for us to put out there into the world. And so, you know, taking this longer term approach in the short term, you know, wasn't great from a monetization standpoint from in the long term has been instrumental for us to build a better reputation and develop better credibility. So, you know, any influencer out there that is listening to this, just know that a longer term play will create a much more sustainable future for you 
in terms of monetizing your audience. Yeah, so basically take a more reasonable approach to influencing. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonably influenced. Um, yeah, so that is that is a, clearly a pet peeve of ours. I think we <laughs> thought we would talk about that for like two minutes because it's kind of at this on, on the surface, we were like, yeah, this is really annoying. But as we thought about it more, it kind of became... Cu- it cuts deep, It cuts you know? deep. <laughs> it, it, became, it went from a peeve to a pet peeve. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, should we move on to the next one? Yes. Okay, so pet peeve number two is when trainers or coaches say that people are somehow more disciplined or motivated just because they train hard or go to failure in a few sets in their workouts. (laughs) We see this type of post all the time on social media where they have this sort of motivational clip in the background and they're pushing hard. They're going to failure on their bicep curl or their leg press and they're shaking. And then they start to liken training to war or battle or an MMA fight. And they conflate this idea that their workout requires so much devotion, so much discipline, and that they are so much more superior because they work out on a consistent basis. Yeah. And I I think that's fine, but I feel like the underlying kind of theme there, and sometimes it's not even that underlying, sometimes it's blatant, is that I am disciplined. Anyone who doesn't do fitness or training in this manner is not disciplined, that they're not motivated, that they're lazy, that this isn't a priority for them. And there's all these sorts of different parallels that you can draw because that they're not in the gym and going to failure. Yeah, for us, training is can be one form of showing discipline, showing devotion, but it's definitely not the only way to be a disciplined or motivated person. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking like if I'm thinking of the picture of discipline and devotion. I can think of so many more real-world examples than someone who is working out in a gym. (laughs) And that is, you know, just to give you some some examples, like a single parent who was working multiple jobs to keep their three kids supported and educated and well-fed. Yeah, or I think about healthcare workers in the middle of a pandemic who go into work every day, work overtime to help save lives when they're putting their own lives at risk. Like that is dedication. That's devotion to what they're doing, right? And just the amount of people out there and pretty much everyone who is just showing up every day to life, to work amidst personal struggle, turmoil, and everything that they have going on but showing up and getting through things. Yeah. And oftentimes these people who are showing true devotion, true dedication, they might not show up physically as the quote unquote fit person that we see on social media. They, because of all the things that they have going on in their lives, like maybe their bodies aren't showing up in the way that fitness professionals are saying that they should, if they're going to be disciplined, if they're going to be motivated. So then they feel like, they're not disciplined or they're not motivated or they're not devoted. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to the people that we just mentioned, it's like, okay, lifting weights for a few hours per week in an air-conditioned facility while filming yourself talking about being motivated and being disciplined and being dedicated (laughs) is actually easy. It's actually fun to do. And that's why people are doing it. (laughs) Exactly. As you probably know, we're all about health and fitness, and we know that it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of drive and a lot of discipline. But that doesn't mean that other people are less dedicated or have less drive or are less motivated 
because they don't work out like you, because they don't eat like you, because they don't show up to the gym consistently like you. They're just demonstrating that in different ways that don't show up in what quote unquote looks fit on social media. Yeah, so this this pet peeve goes a little beyond the like being annoyed with motivational quotes or being annoyed by like a lack of substance behind, like sometimes there's just not a lot of substance behind your standard just like motivational post. But this is actually telling people they're not dedicated. Like, and, and you see it all the time. And if you haven't seen it, you'll probably start seeing it now. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, you're not, like if you're just not dedicated enough, like just like you're saying, like as they're doing this like, pretty mediocre level <laughs> exercise, <laughs> exercise on a machine where they're just like it's just making their one body part that looks good on them like pop or whatever you know and like making it seem like this is the picture of discipline yeah just go to the dictionary go to webster's and you'll you'll see a picture actually you'll see a link to this instagram post <laughs> of me doing my leg presses to complete failure <laughs> All right, we have one more pet peeve to go over. We were really worried when we only had three that it was going to be a really short episode, but I think we're going to be, <laughs> we clearly <laughs> have some feelings, some thoughts and feelings about these uh, topics. So one more, and that should wrap it up for today, is going to be people on social media tearing each other down or tearing other professionals down instead of creating their own unique content or their own unique perspective or offering their own unique perspectives yeah and this is one i would say it's more particular to other fitness professionals probably yeah. and less so for just the average fitness person they're probably just like this is an issue like what are you talking about <laughs> but but i will say that there's parallels in all different fields in regards to this sort of approach i'm sure yeah and the way we see this being shown pretty uh, consistently is you know you have a professional and they are posting regularly on social media, and it's just not gaining the traction that they thought they would. And then they see another professional in their same field of expertise, and they're doing really well. They're, they've figured out a way to present their ideas on social media, and they're developing a big following, developing a big platform, and developing a big voice. Now, the original professional is getting a little bit peeved. They're getting <laughs> jaded. And so what they do is they start to take subtle shots, subtle jabs at the other professional or other company who is happening to do well. Mm -hmm. And then what ends up happening is the original professional's peers and friends all high-five each other. They like each other's posts and they encourage this sort of punching up behavior, this sort of like behavior where they are basically putting down another professional in their field rather than lifting the industry as a whole, mm -hmm. right? So they're putting others down in order to elevate themselves. And there's this whole sort of like wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge, where all their peers are commenting on this person's posts. And then the other people in this group start to post their own other criticisms of other people in the industry. And this whole sort of like race to the bottom occurs, in my opinion, where they're not sharing anything of value. They're just in this sort of bubble of criticism. And so for us, like we could easily go down a rabbit hole of bashing people like Jillian Michaels or Tracy Anderson, who have just put together stuff that are just so detrimental and just prey on so many insecurities. We can go through a rabbit hole of just going through and criticizing anyone who we don't necessarily align or believe in. 
but we don't think that that's actually productive. Like it's not productive. And we want, like we talked about having the, the, the fitness industry as a bad rap in general. It's like, we don't want that to occur even more. We want to elevate it. We want to elevate the standards and bring people together. And so what we'd love to see is instead of this sort of circle of criticism and just putting down other people's methods and ideas, put your own content, put your own information, put whatever you have of value out on the table and let it speak for itself. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like that's what I think about when you mentioned Jillian Michaels, like a perfect example. One of the things that every fitness professional that I knew when she posted a video where she was doing kettlebell swings mm. and they, it wasn't good form. Like it objectively was not good form. <laughs> every kettlebell fitness professional used that opportunity to show that they knew something that she didn't and mm. make themselves feel better by posting that video and saying, look how bad this is. Why are you all following her? She's an idiot putting her down. And instead it's like, well, just why don't you just show how to do a proper kettlebell swing and let it speak for itself. Like that's, I think, the approach that we've always tried to take is like there's no reason to bash someone else. We actually show our own selves doing it improperly or doing it in a less ideal way. And then how can you make this better? We don't show here's this other fitness professional doing it wrong and here's how you can do it better because that's not beneficial to the industry as a whole. It's just making it feel like everyone is disagreeing with each other and everyone is bashing each other. And I think now it's been even more just perpetuated due to TikTok, right? We were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. Lauren and I were talking about this earlier, how TikTok and now Reels has this feature where you can stitch reactions to other people's posts. And right. I think sometimes it can be valuable, but a lot of times it just devolves into just people criticizing other people for what they're posting instead of just posting unique content and whatever they believe in on their own. And I think it's a low, it's the lowest form of content, in my opinion, mm. to just provide negative commentary on other people's content. Yeah. You have to put yourself out there and just be in the same field as people like open up yourself to the same criticism yeah. and be brave about it <laughs> instead of just knocking other people off their pedestal. Yeah, maybe that's one of the things that makes it really frustrating is it feels very cowardly. It feels very similar to how people are keyboard warriors where they're kind of like hiding behind a computer and typing really nasty stuff. It's like these people are like halfway putting themselves out there by <laughs> being in front of the camera, but they're being bullies. Mm -hmm. Like they're still being bullies instead of just saying, here's how I would approach this. Yeah. Here's how I do a kettlebell swing. And this has been really helpful for my clients because X, Y, and Z. And this is why we do it this way because it's going to be a lot safer for your back <laughs> or whatever yeah. you're going to say. Like it doesn't have to always be going against someone else. It can just be lifting the industry as a whole up. Yeah. You rarely other see big creators that are, you, yeah, you rarely ever see big creators in a profession that are well-respected going after another professional that is well-respected, that has a big platform, because they know that a single Instagram post doesn't represent their entire methodology. Mm -hmm. It represents one sliver, and they understand that because they are creating their own content on a consistent basis, and they recognize that they can't deliver all the nuance, all of the different disclaimers, all of that 
in a single post. They know that they have to pick their spots, pick their battles, and understand what to deliver and what to omit on a consistent basis. And so because of that, they're never going to criticize anyone else because they know that they're struggling in that same manner to deliver that information. Yeah. And so for just someone who is almost always a smaller creator, just kind of like poo-poo them because of that is just, you know, a, a race to the bottom in my eyes. Yeah, I totally get it. And this is coming from, like you said, people who are frustrating, who are putting out content and are frustrated with their lack of engagement. But it's also coming from people who are frustrated that social media has now become a place where fitness information is disseminated like Mm. people who are a little bit more old school who want to go back to just like in-person learning and certifications and workshops which I find so much value in and I definitely hope that other trainers are still doing those things that they're not just using social media as their main form of learning but at the same time for the general public this is a really easy way Mm. to learn and so why not instead of free exactly so instead of bashing it as a method because you can't write a dissertation on social media learn how to put out really helpful information in a more concise way and know that you don't have to put out a dissertation in every post you can break it up you can do a series there's that one guy that like (laughs) he showed up on my (laughs) tiktok or on my for you page and it was like r.i.p back pain episode 400 and something. And I was like, this is the first time I'm seeing him. But now I'm like, whoa, he has 400 posts about back pain. I'm going to go to his page and see what he's been doing and go check it out and realize that he has now written a book on his TikTok page about how you can get rid of back pain. And how helpful is that for people to be able to go and reference? So I just feel like it has become this easy thing to bash like oh yeah sure whatever follow this person on instagram you're never going to learn anything in (laughs) an instagram post but you can really figure out instead of bashing it figure out how you can put what you know and all of your knowledge into this platform because this is here to stay at least for now yeah and i think ultimately it's like you can grow the biggest tree in the forest without cutting down all the other trees in that forest let's raise the industry as a whole instead of cutting one another down that's the crux of it that's it that's what it is all right this was a different episode different for us. tone you know what it actually took us you won't see you won't hear this because um we edit this podcast but we actually started this over quite a few times because we <laughs> had a hard time ranting it's actually not what we typically do we actually typically are more positive just not because we're like purposefully trying to be positive but just it's a better way to to live and it's a more enjoyable way to live is to think in the positive and to just like be looking at what we are enjoying about life in general and so we were really uncomfortable (laughs) doing this at first we really did start over a couple times now we're in the zone and now we're just going to be negative and ranty every podcast (laughs) i was just gonna say we actually clearly got really into it so (laughs) maybe this is our new route who knows you can let us know in the comments of today's episode if you uh if you like our if you like ranty jason Mm, and lauren mm, or if you prefer positive jason spicy or if you like a little mix of both we can try Mm. to mix it up you know Now, Lauren is coming up. Speaking of future podcast episodes, Lauren has been coordinating a lot of very exciting interviews coming up with a lot of different uh, professionals who we respect and admire. And we are excited to have some cool conversations with these folks. And we can't wait to share it with you all. And so we'll still have some of our, you know, our own podcast, solo podcasts here and there. But we do want to start to branch out a little bit spread our podcast wings and see where it takes us. Yeah, we're really excited to bring in people who are going to be able to offer um, 
just new new and different perspectives you might get sick of just listening to us all the time so (laughs) they would never (laughs) so it's going to be really fun we're very excited for the guests that we have lined up we can't Mm -hmm. wait to share it with you um but until then you're just gonna have to settle for the two of us ranting and raging and (laughs) being positive at the same time (laughs) so thank you so much for listening if you have been enjoying the podcast please go to apple podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a rating and review we really appreciate the ones that we've been getting in all right so i think that's about it for today's episode stay tuned for next week's episode until next time sweat out happiness in